Welcome everyone to the Sun Country Airlines 2021 Contract Education Podcast. I am First Officer Ethan Loftus, and today I am joined by Kevin Broman, Sun Country MEC Secretary Treasurer, and Eric Mink, Sun Country MEC Chairman, for today's episode about deadhead deviations. For those following along, that today's episode discusses Section 8, Paragraph C. So, guys, this is a pretty uh, pretty new thing to our contract. Um, so to give an example that you guys can uh, lead in off of, um, I live in Phoenix, and I have a trip that starts in DFW with an original MSP to DFW offline deadhead. Um, as a commuter in this case, what am I able to do with this? Yeah, Ethan, like you say, this is a, a very new concept. It's a, a new portion of our contract that gives us a contractual explanation of what we can do to deviate from a planned deadhead on our schedule. Now, this deadhead deviation, remember, this should not be confused with a, a dropping of a deadhead. Dropping of deadhead, that that puts you on your own. You're You're responsible to get yourself to where you need to be. With the deadhead deviation, we now have the ability to make a request from the company to not take that Minneapolis to DFW deadhead and instead have the company book us on a flight from Phoenix to DFW. And it'll be a booked, confirmed ticket, just like you would have had from Minneapolis to DFW. Instead, now it's going to be from your home in, in this case, Phoenix over to DFW. And it's a, uh, a regular paid ticket, just like you would have had under that offline deadhead on your original schedule. Now there, it's important to remember there are some caveats and you need to follow a process to make this happen. Now, the first thing that needs to happen is you need to notify crew travel of your desire to replace a deadhead that's on your schedule. Now, if this is something that is on your line award, that notification has to take place no later than 72 hours after the final line award. Now, if you're a reservist or you're making a trade for a trip, you have to do that no later than 24 hours after that trip was put onto your schedule, essentially. If you were a reservist and it was assigned to you, you have 24 hours to make that deadhead deviation request. And if you are if you made a trade for that trip, the same 24 hours applies. And these deviation requests, there is an actual form for this that the company has developed They've put it on comply for us. It's pretty easy form to fill out. And that form has where you would like to travel instead of what you were scheduled to travel, the airports. That is the deviation. So you're going to put on there your desired departure and destination airport. You put it on that request form and That goes to crew travel. Crew travel is going to look and find you a ticket to buy instead of the deadhead that you're originally done. Now, I talked about those time limits, the 72 hours after the final line award 
or 24 hours after a trade or assignment, that there is an exception. You can still try to make a request past those deadlines, but they're not going to grant that request if they've already bought the ticket for you. If your deadhead on Delta out of Minneapolis to DFW has already been purchased, it's just they they're not going to grant that request. Now, they're going to put you on a positive space ticket via the most direct routing that is available. And the seating requirements, your deadhead seating requirements, remember, they have to be the same as what they have to follow for any deadhead. In other words, you're not going to get a middle seat. So they have to follow those rules. And just out of, uh, you know, courtesy and, and professionalism, if you don't need the ticket, you should notify crew scheduling. Say, hey, I don't need this ticket anymore. So those are some of the caveats that you want to follow when requesting the deadhead deviation. Now, when can you use these deviations? They can be used at the beginning of a trip, but that when you're looking at flights to get there, they have to arrive no later than two hours prior to the scheduled leg that you're supposed to be flying or, you know, your duty time, essentially. At the end of a trip, if you're de deviating at the end, you need to take a flight that is no more than 50 miles of your original departure deadhead. In other words, you know, you can't, uh, if you're scheduled to fly out of DFW to Minneapolis, they're not going to book you a ticket out of Houston or Austin or something like that. You know, you, you have to be within 50 miles of the original departure deadhead and it has to be within 12 hours. You don't want to, you're not, they're not going to buy you a ticket for two or three days later out of, uh, you know, some sunny place out of LA or something so that you can plan your vacation and then fly home with the family or something like that. Now, if for some reason they do deny your request, you have uh, the ability to ask why it is contractually required that they provide you with a reason as to why you were not granted this request. So I know there's a lot there kind of in summary you can request to deviate from a planned deadhead at the beginning or the end of your trip. You just have to make sure you follow those, uh, those rules. Make your requests on time. And uh, the more information you can give the crew travel on that request form, the easier things will go for you. Yeah. Hey, Kevin, I, I have a couple questions. Yeah. Uh, so where can I find the form uh, for the deadhead deviation? Yeah. Um, the form is on comply. And it's in the forms tab on your comply 365. So you can do it right on your iPad or, uh, you know, if you're at home, you can do it on your computer by logging into comply. Yeah. So, uh, Hey Kevin, I, you know, I'm a regular commuter and I try to bid, uh, you know, all of these trips to start with deadhead so that I can request the deviation. Um, do I have to file uh, each form for each flight separately or can I put multiple requests on one form? The form that is on comply has the ability to have three separate requests on a form. 
So you can make three requests per form. If there's more than that, you're going to have to do another form for if you have more than three requests. Yeah, perfect. So can I, can I just call up crew scheduling and ask to get uh, a deadhead deviation like this? No, no, this shouldn't go through crew scheduling. Uh, in fact, if you try to call and ask them, they're, they're not going to give you an answer. This actually goes through crew travel, which is a separate desk over in headquarters there. And those requests need to be made on that deadhead deviation form. Yeah. So if I was to call up crew scheduling and talk about, you know, deviating my deadhead or whatever, what, what they would be really talking to me about is something more like a, uh, dropping the, the front side or the back side uh, deadhead. More than likely, crew scheduler is going to assume that that is what you're asking for to just flat out drop it. And then remember, with a deadhead drop, you are on your own. You need to get yourself to where you need to be. Yeah, so the 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 drop and the positive space deadhead deviation are two totally different things. Completely separate. And uh, we need to be careful not to confuse the two because they operate very differently. Yeah. So, um, you know, just a, a little bit of nuance here with these uh, deadhead, positive space deadhead deviations. Um, why Why do I have to do it kind of at the the final line award or within 72 hours of the final line award? Well, understand that the, the company is going to be buying tickets and, and purchasing these deadheads for you. So if they go buy a ticket, it's not necessarily a refundable ticket. And this deadhead deviation may in fact save the company money in the deviation that the ticket that you want to buy could very well be cheaper than a deadhead out of Minneapolis. But if they've already purchased the ticket out of Minneapolis, obviously there's there's no cost savings to them there, and they're not going to buy the ticket twice for you, right? Yeah, that's right. So uh, the planning goes a long ways in that and in terms of getting approval, right? So 72 hours after the final line award, uh, unless um, uh, there's a change, right? So like when a reservist gets called out, they can still get a positive space deadhead deviation? Yep. As long as it's within, you make that request no later than 24 hours following your notification as, you know, as a reservist or if there's a change to your schedule as a line holder or if you're a, a, a regular pilot, excuse me, and you've added a trip, that all has to happen within 24 hours after you've made the change or acknowledged notification. Yeah, awesome. That really helps me uh, understand that a little better. Um, and then I guess uh, the the part about no longer needing the ticket in notifying crew scheduling, like um, generally, you know, when I check out of my hotel room or whatever, I just walk away, right? I don't I don't go to the front desk and, and actively check out. Uh, why is it that they, they want to, you know, know about you not taking the uh, the seat on the, the airplane that uh, you requested? Well, the, the company has a responsibility to know where you are and, and keep track of you while you're at work, right? And if they're assuming that you're on a flight, if something happened with that flight, the, the company is assuming that you're on it. And so if you're, if you're not on it, it is best to let them know. 
Yeah, that's right. Um, as well as, you know, if you just, you know, you requested that a deviation, they grant it and they buy you a ticket, you know, 300 bucks or whatever. And then you go, you know what, I'm just going to jump seat instead. Um, not only uh, are you out of position, which is kind of what you're talking about, but um, the company has the ability, uh, they'll buy a refundable ticket, right? And so they have the ability to recoup uh, that that 350 bucks from that ticket and apply that to future credits for other deadheads. And so they want to be able to realize that that cost savings. Yeah, it's just it's best all the way around to to let people know what's going on and and where you know where you're at. If you're not going to utilize that resource, then you know make it available for someone else as well. Yeah, awesome. All right, thanks, Kevin. And thank you guys again for all that in-depth information. And as always, for you out there listening, if you have any questions, please reach out to a P2P volunteer with the Red Lanyard, a contract compliance committee volunteer, a member of the MEC, or don't forget, you can always file a DART. Thank you and see you next time.